0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the podcast. And today I'm going to give my review of AEW's Dynamite. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is John Moxley versus Tomahiro Ishii. I thought it was a good match. Back and forth matchup between Moxley and Ishii, with Moxley and Ishii both exchanging in the middle of the ring. Moxley was keeping the pace of the match. Eddie Kingston is here. Kingston then grabs a chair, tries to chase off Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio Castanoli. Moxley and Ishii then both exchange using elbows. Moxley then hits a devastating power driver on Ishii in the middle of the ring. Moxley then hits a running knee on Ishii as well. Moxley then hits a paradigm shift on Ishii for a near fall. Ishii then gets up, hits a paradigm shift of his own on Moxley. Moxley then hits a death rider for a near fall. Ishii then gets up, hits an enziguri on Moxley, but Moxley ultimately hits another death rider on Ishii, pins for the three, and your winner of the match is John Moxley. Hats off to John Moxley for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Orange Cassidy teaming up with Vikingo and Keith Lee versus Daniel Garcia and Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. I thought it was a good match. Back and forth matchup between both teams with Vikingo hit, hitting a Hurricane Rana. Vikingo then hits a standing shooting star press. JAS were keeping the pace of the match though with Vikingo hitting an Enziguri on Parker. Menard then hits a powerbomb that looked absolutely brutal. Garcia then hits a pile driver on Orange Cassidy in the middle of the ring. Garcia then applies a Dragon Slayer, but the hold is broken. And Keith Lee Alchemy hits the finish. Pins for the three. And your winners of the match are Orange Cassidy, Vikingo and Keith Lee. Hats off to Orange Cassidy, Vikingo and Keith Lee for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the Elite versus the Dark Order. I thought it was a good match. Back and forth matchup between the Elite and Dark Order with the Elite keeping the pace of the match. Adam Page was pretty much refusing to wrestle the Dark Order in the beginning of the match. Uno then hits a pile driver on Nick Jackson. Page and Uno then finally exchange in the middle of the ring with Page going for a buckshot lariat, but John Silver counters it with a Hurricane Rana. Page then hits a buckshot lariat, pins for the three, and your winners of the match are the Elite. After the match, the Blackpool Combat Club come down to the ring to attack the Elite. Dark Order end up leaving the Elite you know, high and dry, pretty much. Eddie Kingston is here. Blackpool Combat Club then attack Eddie Kingston. And then it was announced from John Moxley that on July 19th at the TD Garden in Boston, it will be the Blood and Guts uh, match between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. Moving on from that, we have a Jungle Boy segment. Jungle Boy mocks Hook. Jungle Boy also says that he carried Hook in their tag team. Jungle Boy also mentions Taz. Uh, Jungle Boy also mentions mentions that he wants an opportunity at the FTW Championship. Hook is here, then Hook finally chases away Jungle Boy through the crowd. Um, again, I think Jungle Boy pretty much shocked the world when he turned uh, heel uh, at AEW's last pay-per-view at Forbidden Door. But uh, I definitely look forward to a match between Jungle Boy and Hook, especially if it's for the FTW Championship. I think it's going to be a great match for both Jungle Boy and Hook. Definitely looking forward to that possible match. Uh, moving on from that, we have Ruby Soho versus Alexia Nicole. Now, this match was supposed to be scheduled between Ruby Soho and Britt Baker in the Owen Hart uh, qualifying tournament. Unfortunately, Britt Baker got uh, sick, had an illness, uh, and Ruby ended up wrestling that night anyway. The match itself was an okay match, pretty much a glorified squash match. Uh, Ruby was keeping the pace. Ruby then mocks Britt Baker by using the uh, pulling out the uh, doctor's glove Ruby then applies the lock draw on Alexia Nicole. Nicole taps out, and your winner of the match is Ruby Soho. After the match, Ruby grabs a microphone, cuts a promo on Britt Baker, hyping up their match next week in the Owen Hart Cup uh, quarterfinal matchup. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well next week. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of AEW's Dynamite. It is a Texas Tornado match. It is Sammy Guevara teaming up with Chris Jericho. Versus Darby, Allen, and Sting. Uh, Number one, it was great to see Jericho come back as the pain maker. Uh, He pretty much made that gimmick pretty much famous over in New Japan. Especially with matches over in Japan against Naito. Uh, The match itself I thought was a really good matchup. Back and forth matchup between both teams with Sting hitting a stinger splash on Jericho in the corner. Jericho then gets up, hits hits Darby with a chair shot. Jericho and Guevara then was keeping the pace of the match. With Darby hitting a devastating coffin drop to the outside. Sting then hits a splash off the ladder onto tables um, on the outside. It looked absolutely brutal. Jericho then hits a Judas Effect on Darby. Jericho then applies a wall to Jericho, but Sting then hits Jericho with a bat. Sting then hits another uh, Stinger Splash. Jericho then hits a Code uh, Breaker for a near fall. Sting then hits a Scorpion Death Drop for a near fall as well, but Sting then applies another Scorpion Death Lock. And your winners of the match due to submission are Darby, Allen, and Sting couple things I want to say about AEW Dynamite Man before I get out of here. Number one, was it a great night for Dynamite? No. It wasn't the best show, man. I mean, honestly, a lot of things have been going on with AEW. They've been really busy as of late. they got a lot of stuff coming down the pike, which, you know, again, I reiterated a couple times. I mean, they got All In coming out in August at Wembley, and then they obviously have a week later, they got All Out, uh, I believe, in the United Center in Chicago. Uh, now they have Blood and Guts. That's announced for July 19th at the TD Garden. So their schedule is pretty much, you know, it's stacking up, man. And honestly, with that being said, you know, I feel like, and maybe I'm not the only one here, but I feel like even watching Dynamite last night, you can kind of tell, man, that, you know, obviously it was a lackluster Dynamite, to put it best, um, especially what we got in the past few months with AEW and what Dynamite's been putting on the table as of late. Um, It just seemed like a really lackluster Dynamite. Um, I just feel like, you know, fans, uh, the wrestlers themselves, man, I feel like they're kind of burnt out. Uh, a lot of stuff's been going on with AEW and I think the fans and the wrestlers are kind of both burnt out with what all the stuff that's going on with AEW not saying that the fans don't like AEW and I know a lot of fans hold a lot of high praise for AEW and they expect a lot out of AEW but you can kind of tell man that you know this was kind of like a lackadaisical booked AEW uh, compared to what we got in the past few weeks past few months um, the other thing too, man, is John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. Uh, there was a backstage, a segment between Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which, you know, Renee was trying to break up the entire time between Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And then Renee finally told Kingston that he needs to figure it out. And this stuff needs to stop between both Moxley and Kingston. Um, you know, for me as a family, I think it was great to have Renee involved in this storyline between Moxley and Kingston, bringing a little realism to the storyline, um, if I had to put money on it, I'm pretty sure Eddie Kingston is definitely going to be a part of that Blood and Guts match with between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I don't see Omega being involved, especially after the match he just had with Osprey. Uh, Brian Danielson is out, I think, probably for 10 to 12 weeks with a broken forearm, from what I understand. Um, so I, I would not be surprised if Kingston is not a part of that uh, the Blackpool Combat Club match at... Uh, blood and guts but uh, you know the other big name too that a lot of people are speculating is kota kota abushi and honestly i don't know when kota abushi is coming or you know when he's coming if he's coming at all man as far as coming over to aew um i have no idea i know he's been speculated for a while about him coming over to aew possibly joining up with kenny omega uh in the elite and that's still yet to be seen so but if i had to put money on it i definitely think eddie kingston will, will definitely be a part of the blood and guts match between the elite and in the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, The other thing I want to get into as well, as far as Dynamite was concerned, um, was Jungle Boy. I I think Jungle Boy turning heel is absolutely great for Jungle Boy. I think him going on a singles run, possibly for the FTW Championship, and that's what it looks like, I think it would be a great idea for Jungle Boy. Um, I don't know really what it does for Hook, man, to be honest with you. I'm not taking anything away from Hook. I think he's a really decent wrestler. Uh, Obviously, he still has a lot to learn, but um, you know, as far as... Hook going on a singles run compared to Jungle Boy, I think it's going to benefit Jungle Boy a little bit more than Hook. Um, And unfortunately, you know, my thing with Hook and one of the things I, you know, I worry about when it pertains to Hook is if Jungle Boy does face him for the FTW Championship and Jungle Boy beats him clean for that FTW Championship, you know, what's left for Hook? And honestly, for what it's worth, the FTW Championship, yeah, it was popular back in the day, you know, in the 90s, you know, early to mid 90s with ECW. I don't feel like that championship has that state, you know, the same, uh morale if you will within professional wrestling I just I just feel like it's a lackadaisical championship so and honestly for what it's worth it's a championship that doesn't need to be there on AEW and when they first announced it I thought it was going to be more or less a you know AEW's hardcore championship especially with what you know where that championship came from with Taz and ECW and we're not really getting that on AEW right now so again if Jungle Boy beats Hook for the championship where does that leave Hook Um, and honestly, what happens to Jungle Boy if he does beat Hook for the championship? Are they going to showcase that title more? Who, you know, who knows? And that's still yet to be seen. But I I definitely think a heel turn for Jungle Boy was definitely needed. Um, Britt Baker. That's the other big big thing I want to get into, man. Um, Adam Cole. You know, he was on Forbidden Door. He was supposed to have a scheduled matchup at Forbidden Door against Tom Lawler. Uh, that match ended up uh, not happening due to Adam Cole having an illness. And he was taken off the card. Um... And now Britt Baker was supposed to have a scheduled match on Dynamite last night against Ruby Soho in the Owen Hart Cup uh, tournament quarterfinal matchup, and Baker also got sick as well. So I don't know what's going on between Cole and Baker. Um, when Cole, you know, when it was announced that Cole was taking off the card, um, I thought it was a little bit odd. Um, but you know, again, take it with a grain of salt. But again, hopefully, you know, it says, you know, they're saying next week we're going to have this match between Ruby Soho and Britt Baker. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Especially the promo that uh, Ruby Soho cut after the match she had uh, against Alexia Nicole. uh, Pretty much calling out Baker, hyping up the match that they're going to have next week. So I'm definitely looking forward to that match. And uh, the main event, uh, Jericho and Guevara versus Darby Allin and Sting. Jericho coming out to the ring as the pain maker. Like I said, that he made famous over in New Japan with matches against Naito. When uh, Jericho was going up against Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship that's um, no longer there um, it was a great match man it really was a solid match I think it was a, a definitely better showcase from both teams in that matchup than what they got in Forbidden Door I think Forbidden Door uh, that match was rushed to be honest with you even the, you know the roll-up from Naito I felt like it was kind of rushed they didn't really have a lot of time um, to have a solid match at Forbidden Door uh, this match on Dynamite Last line, it actually went over the 10 o'clock hour so I felt like they had a little bit more time, um, but everybody's talking about that spot that Sting had on that ladder, man. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. For a guy who's, what, 60-some years old, 65 years old, something like that, 64 years old, to jump off a ladder from inside the ring to the outside of the ring through two tables is absolutely insane, man. Um, I believe he actually got injured on that, too. Um, I think his face was busted wide open from uh, hitting the other table. The other table actually didn't break. I think it hit his face and kind of busted his face wide open. Um, but you gotta give credit where credit's due, man. And I mentioned this multiple times too about Sting. I had the utmost respect for Sting. I think Sting's had a phenomenal career, uh, great career, a lot of great championship matches, you know, memorable moments. But I, what I will say about Sting is I do think it's time for Sting to consider slowing down or hanging him up, man. I mean, at 64, or 65 years old, and he's jumping off ladders, you know, especially with the injuries that he's had, uh, that he still has on and off with, you know, with his neck injury and his back. Um, You know, Sting just needs to be careful, man. As, at 64, or 65 years old, you see this guy jumping off ladders. It's absolutely insane. Um, but that being said, you know, I, do I think a retirement is coming down the pike for Sting? I hope so. Um, and I mentioned this the other day about Sting as far as retirement tour. You know, if I was Sting and, you know, him and Tony Connor back and forth talking about, you know, his retirement, I would do it at all in. I mean, it's in front of seventy, seventy-five thousand 75,000 people at Wembley Stadium and have Sting just go out, you know, in a bang, a, a crazy match, a banger of a match, and then just hang up, you know, hang up the boost, man, and call it a day. Now, I don't know if he'll, obviously, I still feel like he'll be a part of AEW in some, you know, some way, or you know, in some way. But at the same time, too, as far as what he's been doing in the ring, man, he needs to slow down, man. It's, you know, that table spot was pretty bad, and I think he busted his face wide open. He had stitches and stuff like that. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's great to see Sting, and it's hard to tell a guy like that, you know, hey, man, you need to slow down. But at 64 or 65 years old, man, I mean, it's, you know, wow. So um, Basically what I'm saying, some of those spots that he does in these matches are just not needed. It's just not. Um, but all in all, I mean, was it entertaining? Yeah, it was entertaining as hell. But, you know, just that ladder spot in that match, and him jumping off that ladder to the tables of the outside, man, was just absolutely brutal. And, again, it just goes to show you, too, man, that, you know, Sting still has it. Um, and he's still willing to show the world why he's with AEW and that he can still wrestle and still go. But I still think he needs to slow down. You know, maybe contemplate looking more into retirement. Um, you know, before he hurts somebody or hurts himself. Man, it's just absolutely insane. But uh, with that being said, this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.